So finishing my rise for the ladies, which I haven't even played uh, my own character, which has been created, just been sitting there waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, as Ash says, Ashton, as Bat Ash says, which we were playing her character. Mm-hmm. Um, authentic WWE women's experience. It just ends. You go into WrestleMania, you win the title, and then you have to wrestle another tag team match. And then the match ends. You raise hands. Fades out. It's like the Sopranos ending. Only yeah. there were credits on the Sopranos ending. And this, no credits. No cutscene. Just stops. So if I play the men's one and I get all of that, I'm going to really be like, great. That's great. Ladies and gentlemen, HIC Talk Radio. Extra, extra week because we're alternating reeks with state reeks. We're, we're reeking alternate or tentatively, alternatively, has him with a stadium journey uh, until we build up two new podcasts or bring some of the two, the other two back. I don't know what's going to happen, man. Uh, welcome, everyone. And I just wanted to add to, yeah, you better fucking win against the Wizards, you bitches. Who did the did our stars play tonight, Craig? A full boat tonight. Even the return of Kelly Oubre Jr., which who uh, almost got killed by a car, folks. So he says, um, yes. Oh, oh, did I miss something? Uh, um, uh oh, <laughs> no, no, don't tell me that. Okay, he said it. Um, you would think in a world that we live in today that's so uh where every single movement you're made that's made is recorded um there hasn't been anything um no no uh we still have no make and model of the car what kind of car was driving it was a car yeah (laughs) all right you know not that we need to know but he was out for he he broke he legitimately broke his rib you know doing something um and he brought himself home. Uh, the only camera, the only footage we do have is him returning to his uh, house thanks to uh, his doorbell camera, ring, ring.com, of him coming back home and telling his wife, I just got hit by a car. And um, that was it. But he, right. whether, what, whatever, he was out for a month and he made his return tonight. Uh, along with Tyrese Maxey and Nicholas Batum and everyone, and we had to all book, to go into overtime. Oh, you mean uh, our star, our, their big man, mm-hmm. Joel Embiid? He did, in fact, play. In fact, he played so well that he scored 50 points for the first time since April. So, yes, it took our entire cast and 50 points fuck? from Joel Embiid to beat the uh Hey, we. W- I've always said on this show, if we win by one, I don't care, yeah. as long as we win. Okay, so I'm gonna stick to that. But yeah, I just, I just come on. Well, it's it's been a come on season because um, dice without <laughs> Batum or Kelly Oubre Jr. or Tyrese Maxey or Joel Embiid, uh, we scored 130 points against the Boston Celtics and only lost by six, but here we have a full staff and we score 127 points and barely beat Washington. So yeah, it's, it's been a come on year because neither one of those things make sense. Neither one speaking of those. Of, speaking of come on, Ash says that uh, Kelly Oubre jr. Broke his 
uh, <laughs> broke his ribs from extreme anal yoga. <laughs> hey, where do I sign up? I'll, I'll have what he's having. I'll have what he's having. And then she, and then she's, well, you suit up, Craig. Already suited yeah. up. I'm suited up for Frajic Talk Radio. Talk. Yeah, that's right. He's suited up for this show. Um, yeah. So I wanted to uh, open with a uh, with a hot take. Uh, it's not really a hot take. That's complete sarcasm, Craig. Um, so it was revealed this week that uh, Mr. Tony Khan finally opened to, uh, oh, and I when I say Tony Khan, C O N. Uh, he finally uh, broke his silence on um, why Flair is there. Mm-hmm. And he defended it by using the good old, well, I'm not paying him. The energy drink company's paying him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oh, if that's if that's what it is, never mind, Tony Khan. You're a saint. I forgive you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't mean any of the fuck you. <laughs> you're still you're enabling it. Yeah. Let him go make that money somewhere else. Yeah. He 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 opened his big mouth in and he's one of those people that tweets or X's and or and posts in every word because of the capital letter because the man doesn't understand no, let alone the English language. Um if I don't need the money, I'll go home. Well, go to hell home then. Flair. Mm-hmm. Rick Flair. Nobody talking to you. This is I'm a nobody. Go the fuck home. Bye. Don't well, let the door hit you where the good your Lord split you. We. Um, you heard about his tweet that was or that he took down or that he was censored from AEW uh, for his his promo that he did with Sting in the ring. I think it was last week. Um, him doing a, a a vintage Nature Boy Ric Flair talking about I'll be in this town and you know, I'll be staying at this hotel and I want all the women to to come down and see me just like he did, just like he did when he was in Philly and they and they came down. Um, but this was 1986 when Ooh. he did this before we knew who the flight. Yeah, the A A different context B. Younger guy, yeah. He he wasn't seventy six years old. Yes, when he when he. Whoa. I just when when I read that tweet. Mm-hmm. Uh oh! Thank God the Orioles signed Craig Kimble. Kimble. Goodbye. Sorry. Um, That's okay. When they uh <laughs> when 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 I read that tweet from Fightful and Sean Ross Sean Rossap, um one of the last legitimate wrestling journalists. Yeah. I, and some people, he see that those two words as an oxymoron, but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, the only oxymoron in, in these days is a uh, Davey. Um, <laughs> uh, your laugh indicates I am correct. Um, like we respect because back in the day, that man was the end all be all. He absolutely was. was. Yes. Uh, those days have moved on. <laughs> And quite honestly, Sean Rashad, SRS is the guy, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I don't get paid from him, by the way. Also, that William Blatty guy is a pussy and also a disgusting human being. And if you 
you know how bad you have to be to make to look like a coward and and i'm doubling down on something sean ross said himself like i'm not tough do you know how bad you looked in that footage because he's got a problem with someone who's a racist sexist disgusting pig Mm -hmm. and he was in his face and he cowered not sean the other guy um do you know how bad and big of a coward you have to be to make Sean look like Goldberg. And that's <laughs> what you did, Batty. Um so um back to T- to the other coward, Tony yeah. Khan. Uh glad Jacksonville lost this week. Fuck your whole family. Um I I I just I I it actually made me angrier reading that. Because this entire time we're we're all there's a lot there's it's a majority. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of folks going. Well, then why are you hiring him? Why are you hire? Why are you working him? And he just doesn't respond. He doesn't respond and keeps doing this. And you know, this is the same guy. Ash remember, reminded me earlier. It's the same guy that banned Hulk Hogan outright from any AEW event. Called mm-hmm. it out. Hulk Hogan is not well. And and I'm like, I got gotcha. you. I yeah. Rock on. Uh, understood. The pale skinned guy doesn't like the, the darker skinned guy. The dark skinned guy said, fuck you. Don't come to my shows. Totally back you up 100%. Mm-hmm. And I will fight side by side with you with a, with a, with a pitchfork stabbing the old guy in the head. Gotcha, Tony. On the other side of that. Yes. And Dan Housen in the background of that Sean Ross video is so funny. <laughs> Dan Housen, who's just like, just going to. I'm just watching what's going on and I'm staying out of it, staying out of it. Um, uh, uh, on the other side of it, Tony is working with a couple guys that outside of a court of law, irrefutable evidence of being an abuser. Come on in. I'd push lighting rings on flare just like my Aunt Justine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was also talking about it with Ash. Um, Sting's involvement with that whole thing. Yeah. Really soured me on, on Mr. Borden. So I'm going to choose to ignore his AEW run altogether. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it never happened. And that segment never happened. Of course, I'm always going to remember it. I'm trying, but what? any it, it, wrestling's never changed. Just working with with shit people. It, it, it's just, it's like it's a hundred years of this, and uh, and I want I said something. I started saying something on the broadcast before this. And I wanted to get it on record on the podcast. Those folks on Twitter, and you've seen the conversations, Craig, and you smartly, correctly choose not to get involved. <laughs> but you like certain tweets. So I'm like, all right, he's reading. Yeah. All of those ignorant fucks that are like, what do you mean sexual assault? Every one of you know about the plane ride from hell. All of you do. All of us wrestling nerds know about the plane ride from hell. We've known about it since we were kids. Craig, you've known about it since you were in your 40s. Uh, No, 30s. Um, (laughs) We've all known about it. Don't play dumb in public like that. 
uh, most of these guys don't know how Twitter engagement works. There's a little thing that shows like who, who's read your tweet. That's a lot of people seeing you being a lying asshole. Yeah. There's no, con- again, years of no convictions, no morals, no progress of making the business better. All the Me Too that happened in 2020 got to a certain point, stopped. Here we are still. We just can't say no to these pricks because he's Ric Flair, because he's Darby Allen, which to me is talentless. So right? he falls fun. I can fall like that too. I don't know if you know this. It's not the fall that gets you. It's a certain stop at the end. Just, just say no. Uh, Jay Lethal too. It's out. It's all out there. Google magic. If you can't keep track of a very linear, you saw that tweet earlier too. I know you did. If you can't keep track of a very linear, very easy thread from beginning to end, and you want me to do the work for you, I simply don't have the time. I have produced said evidence. I back up what I say. Trying to do some work with it. Stop enabling these fucking people. The the allure of Ric Flair, um, especially to uh, any mark or specifically to any mark with money, is that he is Ric Flair and um, that and cast aside all is all is forgiven. Um, Obviously, Tony Khan won a Ric Flair over Hulk Hogan since he was a WCW mark, and not discounting Hogan's time in the NWO, but uh, some, especially like Tony, he's always going to be a WWF guy. Um, so to uh, Tony getting a Ric Flair is more of a coup than getting a Hulk Hogan because of what Ric Flair represents to uh, young Tony Khan or to any long-term NWA mark. Um, when he started his company, it was Tony who gobbled up Arn Tully. You know, uh, had a bidding war for for Sting, who was retired, who was done, is after he was in the inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. But and now money will make you do strange things. I will say this about Flair: um, he. He wasn't for a long. He wasn't in charge of his Twitter. It was uh, uh, Fifi, or sorry, Wendy, his wife, who was doing it. Uh, all of Flair's tweets until she uh, literally locked him out of his Twitter account, so he couldn't tweet anymore. So I don't know who's doing it now. Obviously, Flair's final say in it, which would explain uh, the the bad grammar and the capital letters and. Uh, or the all caps tweets that he puts out um, and stuff that he's tweeted and um, retracted like the, the promo he did last week with sting um, him, he, with him apologizing uh, for his, uh, his promo uh, that he did with sting asking women to come down to whatever town he was in and sting, who was a Christian who, um, a very is very devout now, or or at least what he claimed. I mean, Church that's on the rock. Yeah, when 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 Luger found himself and 
outed Sting. That wasn't, you know, Sting wasn't too happy with that, you know, with his wife and everything. Craig, Craig, I find myself almost on a nightly basis, and I don't throw that in anybody's face. Well, not all the time. But um, I've given up on making excuses for Tony Khan. He uh, obviously <laughs> has no, no idea. But he has no he um <laughs> has no i has no idea how to how to book a wrestling company how to book them just even how to book a uh how to book a wrestling company how to book a uh and and not even indie company just he has no idea even how to book a uh two hour primetime show because you you can't even he can't even book a show the fact that every every single week he goes over. Um, his he because he, he wastes too much time and he doesn't format it properly, and this it's like TV one hundred and one. If you're especially if you're booking a wrestling show, um, with a time slot, uh, just allow for an overrun, and he never does. So people that are people that are actually DVRing your project, or your product, uh, are missing the end of every single match, every uh, missing the last match every week because you can't budget your time and uh even the list of things that tony has done wrong since being in charge is endless uh not only with the people that he hadn't fired or that he hasn't let go because he didn't fire anybody and the one person he does fire is the per is the biggest star in in wrestling the only person he ever hired that made a difference in the ratings in the popularity of his product, the uh, only time he ever got over a million views was when you hired CM Punk. So instead of firing the jerk he got into a fight with who wasn't a star, who doesn't give you ratings, who doesn't move the needle, who doesn't, who isn't um, a, a superstar, you fire the one guy that that made you that made you relevant at all. I mean, never mind you. Oh, one guy that Sammy Guevara has gotten into two fights with two different wrestlers. None of them were fired. They weren't even fined or disciplined. They were just kept off TV for a month and still getting paid, overpaid, but paid nonetheless. Uh, and even today, right to, at this minute, as we're talking on this podcast right now. On, as we were speaking, perfect on segment. AEW uh, Dynamite tonight, the main event on free television is Edge versus Christian. No, Edge wait, no, it's in Montreal. Christian. You bring Edge back, okay, and you're following the, the, the WCW late 90s trademark. Let's find all ex WWE guys. And just having them on TV will be, you know, enough to get ratings and to get attention, but we'll blow it every chance we get. You had Jeff Hardy come back. You got him and you give it away for free on 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 free TV. He reunites with with Matt for free. You could have milked it a couple of weeks, teasing him coming back and then. Get some money out of it. Same thing with Edge and Christian. 
those two can just talk on the mic without ever touching each other for a year straight. Save it for hell. Save it for, for fucking Wembley. If you want a big crowd. But those two can do it better than 95% of your roster if you just want to keep them apart. But no, we'll wait. Adam's been back for, what, a month? So let's give the Edge versus Christian match away on free television. With no buildup. You've teased it. They both get to say, go fuck yourself on live TV, which is great. It's got to be great for the ratings or for the people or for your advertisers who are already losing because your show is being, you're shorting your show by not doing a booking an overrun. Your ratings are already in the toilet. You went from at least by the beginning, the beginning of this year, they were in the 800s, 900s, thousand, which is low. Um, for any wrestling show, but now you're in this, you're struggling. They make 350, 350,000 viewers. And to keep that number for two hours and your, your ratings dip for any wrestling show worth its salt in primetime wrestling, since there's been primetime wrestling, their numbers are supposed to go up at the end of the night. The nine o'clock to 10 o'clock hour is supposed to be your, your highest segment. But your high segment is the overrun from Big Bang Theory. And by the end of the night, you've already lost 110, sometimes 120,000 viewers. No, it, uh, does, it, I, does, it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't, doesn't make sense. sense. But if you're going to hire a Ric Flair, it makes perfect sense. Because, I mean, if if you want to go out of business, if you want to lose money, and obviously you've got plenty of it, but you're you're doing everything right. You 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 hire wrestlers that have no business being EVPs, and you, that are going to push themselves as a top stars when they're not top stars, and when you hire top stars, you treat them like shit, or you don't book them properly, and then when you have homegrown guys that get themselves over, and you still don't do anything with them, like a Wardlow. Or Ricky or a Hobbs or Starks. You gave him a belt, but he's a he's a singles wrestler. Starks and, and Big Bill, stupid name, but that's your Shawn Michaels and Diesel right there. They don't have to be a tag team. Make one a chicken shit heel and one a monster. Have him hide behind the big guy. That's what he's seven feet tall. Why not use him like that? He doesn't have to do anything. I mean Colin Cassidy, Big Bill, his politics aside, uh, his work, he makes Kevin Nash look like fucking Luthez. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And clip. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, as I said, comic signs, I don't think Craig has heard this. Every time I watch AEW, it's like watching the drama club LARPing as professional wrestlers. That's the best description i've heard of it also uh ash said by the way craig a fully reversed course on punk being the problem i've seen the light and uh she also said i lost interest in AEW edge a week after his debut Stu says how did AEW make me disinterested even in edge the reasons we just laid up for you 
exactly what I just Tony. Like you, and here's the other thing: you have nothing to prove, Anthony. Not a thing. Zero things. Go to the office. Run it like a pimp. Run it like the big man you are, and let. Ash also said, if only if you had somebody there to help you, like William Regal. Oh. Oops. Or if no, you had, I, go ahead. Or if you had someone there um, that has been booking talent for more than 40 years and was the head of talent relations for the largest professional wrestling company of all time. If only you had that guy. Oh, wait. Jim Ross does work for AEW. Huh. Yeah, who knew? As I say that, and this won't keep me tuned in, but it'll get me to watch this match. Um, They just announced a match I very much am into. And Ash, you're going to love this match. Craig, you're going to love this match. Both of these ladies we've mentioned countless times on this show before. Uh, one of them, I just bought their shirt. <laughs> Um, maybe someone who knows something about putting on a big show as Ash just said, Hey, who knew? Uh, Friday on TNT on Rampage, Abaddon versus Trisha Dora. Trisha Dora, the former Pan African champion from the DC area, a woman who exudes, you walk in the room, or if you're in the room and she walks in, you're like, oh, the star's here. Whoa. Just something about her. Look. Ability. Abaddon the same. Two of my favorites going to face this Friday. Um, And it's being represented by a bunch of schmucks. <laughs> Can't goddamn win. It cannot win, but I will be watching that match. I literally watch NWA for one wrestler right now. Max. They are Max. They are Max. Just like Billy will never do it. Before I actually go into this tirade, Craig, you were going to lift the mic and say something. So, uh, No, Um, they'll put it on. It'll be the lowest rated segment on their lowest rated show. On Dynamite, when you said you'll be watching, I think you'll be the only one. You might literally yeah. be the only one. Um, but that's really sad. These two ladies. But that's a perfect. So e- that's a perfect example. They're going to to put this show on, but um, with no buildup. As you know, when you're bringing in a new wrestler, um, who is as amazing as I just put over. Yeah, uh, show highlights leading up. We're coming up on the on the debut of, and so when she does show up, it's a big deal. Instead, everyone who didn't watch NWA or was not a hard, not a fan like you or or you know, aware of her work, they're gonna say, "Well, who the hell is she?" I I they barely push Abaddon, so now they're gonna, eh. which is stupid. Yeah, push Abaddon. What's the matter with you? Just on look alone. It's not like wrestlers have been pushed for just looks before. She's actually talented. Yes. Trisha Dora. Trisha Dora's got everything. Yeah. 
uh, and 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 should be uh, uh, sign her immediately. Push I agree. To uh, but and, and not to not to keep it skin color, but you know the internet be like, hey, I'm just gonna throw this out there. You want your your jade replacement? She's even better. Yeah. But have a have a Trisha Door um, highlight package, not the not the night she's debuting, but weeks in advance. Um, so you can have a build up. So fans that don't know who she is. And that's the other thing with, with Tony. He just assumes everyone watches New Japan Wrestling or watches or is up to date on their complete Ring of Honor library and knows these wrestlers like, you know, like, oh my God, it's it's a <coughs> it's a it's a bushy. And I'm like, who the fuck is a bushy? And like they're making it like, oh my God, he's here. Who's here? I don't know who this is. Or or are uh, any of their 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 jab or the the um the big signing he just had was it uh, Ibushi they just signed to a a huge deal, uh and they made a big huge deal out of signing Will Osprey. Um, it would be a big deal. Um, and they've done a a fine job of promoting Will Osprey, but unlike with with WWE when they would introduce new wrestlers from the NWA and because Vince was Vince they would never acknowledge their backgrounds or who they, where they came from they just give them a new name and say as a reputation it's known all around the world uh and here's you know, junkyard dog you know never mind he sold out to Superdome but because you're WWF, you have no idea who he is. So let me just say this guy's a this guy's a big deal. With AEW and especially now with the internet, um, we know we can know who these people are. But because you're a new company, let's assume, let's pretend because you're a new company, you're going to get an audience that doesn't know who the know who these people, people are. are. So have an intro package. I was just talking to um, somebody um, about Iron Claw again. I can't stop talking about the the movie and I, the wait for it. To, it opens in two weeks, and the wait's interminable for me. But I was talking to wow. um, them about how important videos were, especially in the '80s, and what were what got world class and what got a lot of federations over in the MTV age, and how MTV created or helped create the image of professional wrestling it had nothing to do with the WWF but when the territories were huge and when wrestling in 19 in the early 80s was the biggest thing on television and there was pro wrestling on every single channel syndicated wise or on if you just got cable TV you had to sell your top stars in other territories you do that with the videos you get clips of any wrestler um, and set it to one of the top uh, music songs of the day. I remember straining, Dan, uh, trading with other people or trying to check out the Ric Flair Fire and Ice video. I hadn't seen Ric Flair wrestle at this point. I'd only read about him in the After magazines, but it's like you got to see the Ric Flair Fire and Ice video. Fire and Ice is song by Pat Benatar, but it was Ric Flair wrestling in the Mid-Atlantic, wrestling, you know, in Japan, wrestling Harley Race, wrestling Ricky Steamboat. 
to the tune of Pat Benatar's Fire and Ice. And he showed him working out and then coming off the Learjet with, you know, six women, one on each arm. Uh, now, incredibly boring by today's standards. But back then, mm-hmm. I had to see it because it was Ric Flair wrestling to Pat Benatar. And that's the clip that was shown to same thing they did with um uh with uh, just from everyone from Kamala to everybody Rick, got the package, yeah. Yeah, Rick Rude when he first turned heel, he came out to Billy Squire. Everybody wants everybody wants you. That was his music video. But that's how they sold Rick Rude going to Tennessee from Georgia. That's how they sold Carrie with um modern day warrior. All of his highlights when they when well, world class put it together. So when Kerry Von Eric wrestled in Mid-South, he was a semi-main event. He wrestled Ric Flair for the NWA title in the Mid-South in um, Louisiana, New Orleans. And he wrestled for World Class, but because of the videos, he got the main event in Mid-South, a Bill Watts show, just on the strength of the video. Kamala wrestled, went from Florida to Texas to uh, Georgia. And he walked right in as the main event because People saw him beating guys, squashing guys left and right. Unstoppable. Why? Because of the video. It still works, folks. Tony, you have a debuting wrestler. You have someone you know or you just signed. Look who we just signed. Or you do the old, God, the old WWF uh, hype machine version. I saw a a video a week of stupid Outback Jack. The Outback Jack's coming. <laughs> and it showed some joker walking away from the camera in the Australian Outback because Vince liked Crocodile Dundee and wanted to have that as, as one of his wrestlers. So for a month straight, every week we had an Outback Jack video. So when he finally did show up, fans were already ready for him. He came out to tie me kangaroo down and the place was going nuts. And he sucked. But it worked because this guy was supposed to be a big deal. Why? Because I got to see a video announcing his, his, he's coming. Ashton in, in the chat saying the same thing. You know, for people like me who don't know who these people are. A little package would be nice. Yes. Who okay. knew? Instead he of knows who Billy Starks is. Yeah, okay. But like, uh, and forgive it. I don't know who Trisha Dora is. I, I take your word for it because I've you've been you've been a fan of hers for a, a while, and obviously, and I know you talked about her quite a bit because she her reputation is well earned, and she deserves a shot to be on national television. She now she's on national television, so let's give her an a proper intro. Guess who's coming to AEW? Trisha Dora. Adora. Adora. Apologies. So you Please. don't even know her name. See? See? No, See? No, 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 what helps? A video package. A video package. Well, it's interesting because now they also announced the Von Erics are going to be on next week. In Dallas. Yep. With, uh, yeah, I so saw with Kevin's sons, uh, Marshall and... Uh, Marshall and, and, and Ross and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and Kevin will yeah. be there. That's cool. That is very uh, cool. I'll watch it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, uh, now if they're smart... Uh, they will obviously uh, show the trailer for, uh, for Iron Claw there. <clears throat> oh, they better. They better get rid of that woo Ric Flair energy drink off my fucking screen and just have the Iron Claw trailer playing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, on to more, and then uh, one last thing, and then uh, do your historian thing. Unless you don't have it, let me get the hell out of here. Oh, I got it. Uh, I got it. <laughs> noise. Um, as I was saying, the NWA. Uh, the one, the reason I watch NWA. Max, they are Max. That's who I watch, and I see a lot of parallels with what they're going to do with Max because right now they are a uh, woman's champion. They should be the NWA champion. Period. Especially in retrospect, having Tyrus and the not so upgraded EC3. Um, <laughs> there's your champion. We went from Tim Storm. You know what? They did a beautiful job building up the return of NWA, right? Yeah. With Tim Storm. There are people who had no idea who he was. I knew him by name only. Mm-hmm. And by the time that match was on, I was like, hey, let's go. Let's go. Then they had Aldis as champion. And, you know, his reputation preceded yeah. himself. He didn't need a buildup. But mm-hmm. there was still. And he wrestled um, Isaiah Washington at Nova Pro. And, of course, because it was NWA caliber, both of those gentlemen it was one of the best matches I'd seen in years, and I saw it in person. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Then you go from that to tires. And then you go from that to EC3, which is a step up, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, MAGA calling the ma- MAGA MAGA. <laughs> um, uh, uh, that's not fair. It is. Fuck you guys. Um, fascism is coming back, assholes. Yep. Hope you like it. Talking all that shit. You just wait. Um, and right there they have Max, an amazing creature. That's what they are. <laughs> Max is the key. If you've not seen Max, NWA YouTube channel, their matches are on there. Uh, not many people get any offense on Max. Uh, and they will drop the ball as AEW did. AEW had an easy in from the word day one. With Nyla Rose. Yes. I And every time I say it and you hear the silence after, it's because I can't believe I'm saying that. Had. But, and, and, but they've had multiple easy ins. Not even just the, with Nyla Rose being the most glaring one, but uh, with returning Jeff Hardy, with uh, Edge, um, with... I bet they they fumbled Vicky Guerrero, Chavo Guerrero. Um, how they fumbled Miro when he first got there. Um, you, well, you know, part for the course for Miro. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> but I mean, you they make him a monster heel a year and a half after he he debuted wearing a, a Minnie Mouse shirt, a pink shirt. That's how you introduce the guy. Uh, and Jay then, Lee, and Mark Briscoe. How do you fumble that? Very well, you know. Hey, you, you know what? We're not allowed to criticize AW because the sky's not falling. Everything's fine. You bring in Mark Briscoe two weeks after the loss of his brother. That sh- still shocked the wrestling world. Why you don't make that guy Right away, 
your main event guy, going forward, he already has sympathy. He already has the crowd behind him. He already has uh, an amazing work ethic. You couldn't even put the Briscoes on television. Again, Tony Khan logic, because what uh, Jay tweeted how many years ago that he since apologized for, but they can't even have the Briscoes on television. So they couldn't even promote their their matches. I have said it before, and I'll say it again. And we, especially being we open up this episode with Ric Flair, we talk about no accountability and no apology. That man publicly, without fanfare, did his penance on that. Made good on all of it. From the folks that were offended, personally and secondhand, and they're not on TV, but that fuck Ric Flair is allowed to be back on TV. Does anybody out there see a problem with that? Call me a snowflake. Could somebody make sense of that? No. Nobody can. Not one of you bastards online or on any other show can give me a logical explanation on why that's allowed. Other than, well, it's Ric Flair. I can't even express in words without a dictionary of expletives that will get me canceled. Get me canceled. I'm a nobody. I I have less to lose. But on top of that, the capper of that whole thing is uh, Effie. Um, one of the biggest draws in indie wrestling who told NWA to go F themselves. <laughs> because one of the things Tyrus do- was doing was very publicly and very frankly being very homophobic and very transphobic. There is a difference between saying those things out of ignorance and being those things. And I happen to think that he is those things. <laughs> um, Google it. Uh, the, uh, there's so many statements he made. I can't even count. Of things that he said that were harmful or uh, that were harmful to people for ch- not even life choices, just for a lifestyle or being who they are. Something you would know something about, Craig? I don't know. Um, and he was a world champion for a long time, walking on those shows with the belt over his shoulder. Yeah. And then Billy and many people from the NWA have contacted Effie. To get him on their show. Mm-hmm. To get him in their company. Please. And Effie said, no. No. You know, I'll do it. $50 million. Yep. <laughs> Good start. Good on you, Effie. Hey, but I said no morals, no con- convictions. Effie's got convictions. Because one of those people who he made com- comments harmful about was Effie. I know. What a... Mind blown that somebody would be like, no. Because it would absolutely make good for the NWA, especially after possibly losing the CW deal for um, the Coke usage on one of their shows. You friggin' idiot. And Effie rightly said, no, not doing it. So congratulations, Billy. And and, and the thing is, is a songwriter and a singer like Billy Corgan. Love the Smashing Pumpkins. Mm-hmm. Um, he we see eye to eye lyrically, you know, 
through message through music a lot more than you expect. But this props to you for bringing this back and putting your money where your mouth is with the NWA. You made a right turn and you're not going to be able to U-turn from this. And you were told by numerous people, this is not the way. And that is the way you went. And that way failed you. And now you are where you are. Because I was ready to hitch, hitch him. Hitch my connection right to that train mm -hmm. back in the NWA. And no, I will just watch Max and move on. I will watch Abaddon versus Trisha Dora, Trisha Dora on AEW, and I will move on. And as long as Kevin Von Eric Iron Claws the shit out of somebody. <laughs> and if he accidentally does it to Flair and he has a heart attack and dies in the ring, that'd be a bonus. Craig? There. That was pretty uh, tame considering how loud I usually get. <laughs> I'm trying the don't be as loud. Maybe they'll listen. <laughs> thing, you know? Yeah, Giving that know. a shot. Yeah, let me know if that works for you. Uh, well, you'll know if your numbers go up too. Uh, with that being said, speaking of your numbers, Professor, it's time to take over. Please do. Uh, well, as I've mentioned already in this episode several times, back in the good old days, folks, when music videos ruled tel television and took over the wrestling world, where if you were a child of the 80s, you could wake up on a Saturday morning and just flip the dial and go around this great nation of ours watching wrestling in Florida, Georgia, Texas, Mid-Atlantic, AWA, and the time-honored Worldwide Wrestling Federation. Every single show was packed with angles except WWF. Every small tiny studio was packed to the gills with incredibly enthusiastic fans week after week after week we couldn't wait to see our favorite wrestlers on television in those local markets they would draw five to six million people every saturday morning and yes i said morning folks in the morning folks got up to watch their wrestling Holidays were some of the biggest uh, money-making events in professional wrestling all across this country. This, gentlemen and lady, ladies, hopefully more than one, not just you, Ash, <laughs> is what's called the Wrestling Historian. In the week that was the first week of December, uh, we're going to go back to one of the most improbable uh, world title changes of all time. It took place December 1st, 1973, 50 years ago, uh, right here, Philadelphia, in the Philadelphia Arena, where number one challenger Stan Stasiak took on yeah. the then reigning, defending Worldwide Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion Pedro Morales. Now, they had been uh, feuding with each other for um, quite a long time, period of time, but this title match that took place in the Philadelphia Arena 
ended with both men's shoulders on the mat. And after the referee counted to three, uh, neither man's hand was raised. The announcer came into the ring to say, let's give a hand to Pedro Morales, a great fighting champion. Stan Stasiak was then told to go back to the dressing room. And Pedro received a nice warm ovation from the fans. It wasn't until the very next week where Stan Stasiak was seen with the Worldwide Wrestling Federation heavyweight belt. And that's when everyone found everyone that was in Philadelphia that night, December 1st, 1973, realized that there had been a title change. That Pedro Morales, on that fateful date, had lost his Worldwide Wrestling Federation heavyweight championship to Stan Stasiak. But to prevent a riot, which was commonplace with Pedro Morales' uh, title defenses, they decided not to give the belt to Stan in the ring or to announce that Stan was the new champion. And so Stan, that's how Stan Stasiak became the Worldwide Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion. See, because the wheels were already in place uh, for the return of the greatest champion of all time when Bruno Sammartino and Pedro had been champion for two straight years. But the problem that the WWF was having was the same problem they had with Bruno was champion. There were riots. Bruno has a, had a huge backing among fans, but especially in the Italian community. So uh, after certain matches, there were riots. Pedro, insanely popular in the WWF and in the New York area. Yeah, but just like with Bruno, he had his faithful followers of uh, of Latin descent who would riot. Um, and that was the fear uh, when Bruno decided to come back and to transition from Pedro to Bruno, the decision was made to give the belt to Stan Stasiak. Uh, that's why the title change didn't take place in Madison Square Garden. It took place in right here in Philadelphia. And in the future. Oh, yeah. Great. Burn down Philly, not New York. Philly, but, and that's why they didn't announce a, a, a champion, Dan. That's why the announcer said, let's give a hand for Pedro Morales, the great fighting champion, folks. And uh, we found out later that that was, in fact, the title change. Uh, and nine days later, in Madison Square Garden, when you know it, Bruno Sammartino defeated Stan Stasiak and all is right with the world. But for nine days, Stan Stasiak was the World Wide Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion. And that match that took place December 1st, 1973, right here, Philadelphia. I just want to um, bring the room down for a second mm -hmm. and say that Edge and Christian ended with Nick Wayne's mom helping. Yes, Edge and Christian ended with another ridiculously overbooked finish. So, yes. And Nick Wayne's uh, mom brought both of uh, the bald midgets she was smuggling under her dress to the rings. Little people. Little people. Yes. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm sure they're just telling the story. Yeah. yeah. A story that anyway, could have been told on pay-per-view, but instead yeah. given away on free television. 
what do I know? Yes. Uh, <laughs> December 3rd, 1991. Um, the first and last, thankfully, only <laughs> pay-per-view in the history of professional wrestling that took place on a Tuesday. December 3rd, 1991 was this Tuesday in Texas. Three days after that year's Survivor Series where Ric Flair made his pay-per-view debut. Uh, not even in a match, but running in to interfere in the world title match. Even taking apart um, the WWF figurehead president, Jack Tunney, to place a chair in the ring, enabling Hulk Hogan to be tombstoned. And so The Undertaker won his very first World Heavyweight Championship, December 3rd, 1991, on this Tuesday in Texas. Wow. What happened to that guy? Yeah. <laughs> so for all, for all you Undertaker fans, this is where it started. December 3rd, 1991, and won his first World Championship uh, 32 years ago this week. It's your fault. <laughs> uh, uh, December 4th uh, was a major loss in professional wrestling. Hard to believe. Um, it's But it's been 14 years. Speaking of, you know, we're talking at the top of the show about uh, things that were should be left off television or things that should be on TV that weren't and things that uh, had just been swept under the rug or should have been swept under the rug. Uh, December 4th. 2009. Hard to believe it's been 14 years, Dan, since we lost Eddie Fatu, otherwise known as Umaga. And a death that still has not been mentioned on the WWE television network or on Peacock. But 14 years later, uh, a huge part of the Samoan dynasty left us and um, he's still remembered and still paid tribute to. If you watch any of the Usos, still have their right thumbs, and especially Solo has their right thumb uh, banished up in honor of their family member and one of the great wrestlers in the Samoan dynasty, Eddie Fatu. Him and Yokozuna, I just... What a... That sucks. It does. I think they would have both been okay without wrestling. Yeah. You have to wonder. Mm -hmm. uh, I but, know that's blasphemous to mention, but I, you have to wonder. Yeah. Uh, but the fan, you know, it. some have speculated that because of their, their ignoring the, the death of Umaga is the reason why the bloodline is has gotten so uh, it's been the most popular most over the most uh televised group in all of professional wrestling um i guess to make up for their uh overlooking uh, the death of their family member but uh between yokozuna umaga you know uh, even before them afa and sika the tonga kid and now roman and the usos uh the fatu family the anawaii family has been taken very good care of by the WWE um, over the years. And you still 
though, uh, speaking of, you know, we, we talked about earlier the Briscoe brothers being kept off TV because of something that they tweeted about years ago. Um, and I'm looking at the Samoan dynasty right now on the bloodline. If there was ever a time, especially after the bloodline broke up, to bring in the Jacob Fatu, it would have been now. But because of Jacob Fatu's criminal past, which which we said earlier, he's done his time for. Um, he served his entire sentence, but because of that, he's left off and not even mentioned on the on WWE TV. But um, and nothing against Solo, but that's that's Jacob Fatu spot. Uh, Jacob Fatu looks like he can and has legitimately kicked people's asses for real and that with someone that I still think it fit perfectly into the bloodline um, but sadly I don't think it will happen uh, I've stranger things now that Triple H is in charge who knows I mean Triple H got Bruno back got Bret Hart back got Punk back so wait so he committed robbery at 18. Yeah. He's 31. Yes. Okay. Doesn't matter. What the fuck? I mean, if I'm Tony Khan, I'd bring him in to AEW and just keep on bringing up the fact that he's hey. related to the people that are in the biggest company since Tony loves to mention WWE so much. Man, man you like you want to you want to bring in people who are criminals? Hey, Jacob for two. Yes, that doesn't that doesn't count. That's stupid. He did his time. He moved on. Like I. Okay. <laughs> but a, I just found it. I just I I something either I forgot or didn't know about not until now. One mm-hmm. number two, man. It's. Uh, Okay. <laughs> but a rest in peace, um, Eddie Fatu, otherwise known as Umaga, or as Stephen Regal will call them Umanga. Umanga. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd love that. Uh, I love that. Uh, that and we- him being absolutely disgusted with um, uh, Tajiri's presence. Yeah. Stephen, I will say this in a non-porn related way. Stephen Regal gave the best facials in professional wrestling history. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, Ashton says, uh, can I call you Ash Zeke, Bat Ash? What are you, what are you Ashton, I know it's your proper name and it's an awesome name. Uh, Ash Z. Ash Zeg. Uh, so Ash Z, yeah. Uh, that, that, that's almost too close to the word, uh, to the name she hates, so I try to avoid that. Uh, she makes... She makes a great comment. With, no, can't have criminals in the bloodline, you know, except for the ones that are. And this is not a commentary towards them because uh, I've made my feelings clear on addiction and uh, drug and alcohol abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, there are criminals in the bloodline. Yes. I mean, uh, guys. Yeah, yeah. All right. I don't. Forget it. Okay. 
which brings us to today in wrestling history. Uh, five years ago today, Dan, um, making his debut in NXT will be the one, the only, Punishment Martinez. Oh, yes. 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 Uh, who defeated uh, former criminal Matt Riddle uh, <laughs> in his <laughs> NXT debut. Nice. Uh, but five years ago, the debut of Punishment Martinez, <laughs> who you all know now as Senor Money in the Bank, Damian Priest. That man, when he used to run in New Moon and uh, in 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 Indy wrestling, mm-hmm. was so fucking over. I hate that it was so late. Not that he cares. Like it's like I'm here now, baby. I don't care. So I'm not going to make the comment for him. I I'm kind of annoyed it took that long. However, I am so happy he's there. A, one of the most decent guys I've ever met, number one. And number two, one of the most talented with his eyes closed. And number three, I had the pleasure of turning the lights on for them. <laughs> Listen, it was cool because it was very Undertaker. The, the, the dude is very Undertaker-y. Um, yeah. Only a much better wrestler, about 14 miles of, 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 of a better wrestler than The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Mark. Not really. I could sign on that. On promo and on well, Undertaker cut a few promos when he wasn't the dead guy. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but I'll still say, uh, Damian Priest, better promo guy, much better wrestler, much better looking, and I mean in presentation, also damn sexy. Um, yeah. So over, so you know, the, he's so tall, so the lights would go off because mm-hmm. he'd be he punishments coming or Luis the Punisher Martinez. Mm-hmm. And you shut the lights off. You get in the ring. You click the lights on. Boom. They're like, Dan, you do it. You have better timing. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Boom. Perfect. That was good. Yeah, I know. I hit a light. <laughs> I mean, that tongue in cheek. Also, the rhythm. Uh, but he's so over. He would make a crowd of 50 sound like a thousand. That's why he was where he was. Yeah. Should have been a new moon champion more than once. Now, he wasn't because he didn't want to be. That's not what he was there for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that it took that long for WWE to go, huh? Is annoying. But I watch every single segment and match it. He's in. Yes, I am here for Damian Priest. God damn it. And I am kind of happy they dropped the Archer part. Yeah. Or even though it was a badass entrance, though. I love that. Entrance. Badass entrance. But I was like, yeah. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, but um he's held a briefcase for a reason, uh, and because they are so high on him and for good reason. So at some point, uh, before his career is done, uh Damien Priest, uh aka uh Punisher Martinez will be the WWE heavyweight champion. He isn't. I will never let it go. You think Dan is annoying with <laughs> the fucking morality shit? I will be a bitch, a petty little bitch about him not winning a world title. So petty. So petty. Old school, uneducated Dan will come out. Um, I just want to catch up with Badass uh, here, who always will have the comment of the week. 
Uh, back to Riddle. Uh, you said the criminal Riddle. Riddle, who compared himself to Punk, if you thought I was a headache of the WWE, you see, <laughs> Ash says, you see, Riddle. Punk actually moves the needle. When Punk music hits, an entire arena doesn't sigh in exasperation. Yes. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> People actually, uh, I, people actually care that he came back. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. I, and, uh, I, I, go ahead. And they were sad when he left. They, the fact yeah. that they still chanted his name ten years after he left. I don't hear anyone chanting Matt Riddle even. When he Nobody will chant Matt Riddle's name. Yeah. Uh, number one, and and the third one. I say this respectfully. This I'm quoting Ash. I say this respectfully. Damian Priest could rearrange my guts. And that is perfect capper, I think. You can yep. uh, take it where you like. And the uh, last thing uh, on this day in professional wrestling history, uh, happy birthday to a uh, guy who started his career as a perennial babyface. I actually had the honor of watching him. Um, as his first world, I got to see his first world title match ever right here in Philadelphia at the Spectrum. And he turned himself into one of the best heels uh in wrestling i didn't think he did but he could but he did and he kept his career a heel for the rest of his career and his catchphrases his delivery and just the way he carried himself um uh proud of what he made of his career and uh not just in the ring as a wrestler but outside of the ring as a golfer Happy 70th birthday to the new living legend, Larry. Oh. <laughs> it's like golfer. What the hell are you talking? Ah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, if you talk <laughs> about yeah. professional wrestler, uh, the best golfing professional, he's he's right up there. He's oh. yeah, yeah. He's he's a scratch golfer. He could have gone on. He could have gone on tour, but. He got a little annoying on commentary there sometimes, but it's it's Larry's Bisco. Yeah, uh, and again, uh, never heard him abusing anybody. Perennial babyface when he when he started, he and Tony Guerrilla were the um, hottest white meat babyface tag team in the WWF. <laughs> you say uh, hottest white boys in the WWF? <laughs> that, that they were, uh, <laughs> but um, he was seen as. Uh, the protege of Bruno Sammartino. That's where he was. That's how he was introduced when he wrestled outside of the WWF. Um, but when he came back in 1980 and challenged his mentor to a match, and the way it broke down on TV Saturday morning, taking taking on Bruno Sammartino and then turning on him and not and hitting him with not one, not two, but three. Brutal chair shots and leaving the living legend, Bruno Sammartino, in a puddle of his own blood. Uh, that turned him heel and turned him into the biggest heel in professional wrestling. Uh, culminating in a uh, match in Shea Stadium, August 9th, 1980. 35,000 people uh, see the main event, Bruno versus Larry in a cage. Um Bruno victorious, but Larry, to his credit, was never pinned by Bruno in all their matches. Uh, Larry would keep on um, wrestling as a heel. He and Bob Backlund. There's no excuse, Larry. 
held a record in the Spectrum for the longest, for the largest attendance ever at the Spectrum for a uh, a world title match. In uh, they had twenty one thousand at the Spectrum. They came out in a blizzard. Jesus, and, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, and uh, and that was in December of nineteen eighty. That same year that he sold out Shea Stadium with Bruno. Uh, he would later go on and carry that that heel uh, persona to Georgia uh, that started their national expansion. Now TBS was the largest um, cable network. And when Larry went down to, when the devil went down to Georgia, meaning Larry Zabisco, Gordon Soul even mentioned that how his feud with Bruno Sammartino turned his legions of fans against him. And it was Larry who in 1983, even after Larry lost his uh, match to Tommy Rich in the Omni that night, Killer Tim Brooks later on would defeat Paul Orndorff for the National Heavyweight Championship. And Larry Zbysko would pay Killer Tim Brooks $25,000 for the National Heavyweight Championship, which Brooks turned over. So Larry Zbysko became the National Heavyweight Champion by buying the belt from Killer Brooks. An angle that will be repeated four years later by Ted DiBiase, but it was first done by Larry Legend, Larry Zabisco. Larry would hold the belt for about a month, defending the National Heavyweight Championship until NWA President Bob Geigel appeared on uh, Championship Wrestling from Georgia, 9.05 a.m. on TBS Superstation to tell Larry Zabisco to give over give back the national heavyweight championship uh because he didn't win it in the ring and larry doing much protesting in front of gordon soley um that's my belt i paid for i bought that you didn't win in the ring i paid for it i bought it it. um i wonder if brooks kept a kept his twenty five thousand. but anyway the belt was held up in a tournament and a tournament was won by Larry Zabisco. But um, that was one of the great angles in TV uh, wrestling history. Um, it still gets overlooked, but yeah, it was done by Ted DiBiase. Uh, should have, like Zabisco, should have held the belt longer. Um, but um, Larry uh, carved his own path, and he would eventually win his first and only World Championship during the dying days of the AWA, but still counts. Larry Zabisco, former world champion, uh, former AWA world champion, and the last man to hold the NWA Western States Heritage title when the WCW and Dusty Rhodes got the great idea. We're going to go West. We're going to expand our national reach. We're going to have a Western championship because when we go out West, we need a champion out there. Didn't work out that well because they couldn't really draw on Los Angeles. Um, but Larry still had the Western, was the last Western States Heritage Champion. But carved out quite a career for himself, going from Bruno's protege to being his own man to being the legend. Uh, but happy 70th birthday to the one and only Larry Zabisco. And that, gentlemen and lady. Is a wrestling historian, and she said. Uh, uh, Ash also said, "What am I? In the, um, I'm not. Me alone's not good enough for you." 
you're more than good enough for all of us, and including yeah, I said more than enough. Yeah, including Damian Priest, who would you who would rip your guts out? Yes. Oh my God, just the. I want to say I'm just imagining that because that would be incredible to see, but I'm like well, that's kind of creepy. Yeah, but I am a pervert, so. I think she's he's three times bigger than him, and it's just anyway. Before I get into self trouble, hey Craig, where can people follow you? Quick, yeah, people this... follow me on uh, Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, TikTok, Threads at Craig Lagon, C R A I G L I double G E O N S, and follow me on Twitter on Twitter X, Facebook, TikTok, Threads, Blue Sky, Hive, not Hives, Hive. Instagram, YouTube, Grinder, <laughs> my free cams, cam models, J Date, Pornhub, <laughs> Danlo83, <laughs> Craig Lagans. I am the above average comedian, can't you tell? Dan Calachico, Danlo83. We will see you in two weeks. Have a wonderful evening. I forgot where the stop button was. <laughs> Keep it on the paper. 